Good morning. I just realized that this is the first time that I've done this in 15 months, so go easy on me. Uh, my name is John, and it's an honor to be with you today. And as we begin, let's just all take a breath. I think we might need an exhale. And as you do, I want you to Think about the journey that you've had coming to this place. What you've walked through this morning, what you've walked through this week, what the last 15 months has been like for you. Just be at rest for a moment. Just breathe slowly. Let your mind and your heart be at a pace that is sustainable. Let it allow you to be fully present. And know that in this place, at this time, you don't have to do or make or earn or achieve anything. You simply have to be. <clears throat> Hear these words from the Gospel writer Mark. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is our word for today. So welcome to those of you who are here and those who are gathering online. Again, it is a joy to be with you. Someone said to me um, as I was walking in, hey, I drove an hour to be here. I said, that's a shame because the message is only worth about a 15 to 17 minute drive. So I tried to spice it up for a few minutes afterward. So I've been a pastor for almost 25 years now in the local church. Uh, a few years ago, though, things changed. I wrote um, a blog post um, called If I Have LGBTQ Children, and it altered the course of my life, and the way that it altered the course of my life was that I stopped being just a pastor, and I became a polarizing public figure talking about faith and politics. And I want you to know that that was not the plan. If you're here and your plan is to be a polarizing public figure talking about faith and politics, you need prayer and a better plan. <laughs> but this is the place I found myself, speaking into the world and allowing my faith as it was and as it is in the moment to bear upon that. So as a byproduct of being a polarizing public figure talking about faith and politics, I have been given the joy of traveling all around the country normally to speak about the things that are dear to our hearts. And that has put me on a plane many, many weeks, which for many of you might be good news, but for me it has never been really great news because I'm not historically that great a flyer. Because what usually happens is I'm on a plane and I realize that I'm in a large metal tube hurling through space and I become uneasy, right? 
But about 15, 16 months ago, I was on a flight to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was having a really great flight for someone who's sure they're going to die on an airplane. And I was there in my little elementary school-sized chair, you know, and I had my Dixie cup full of soda, and I had my Barbie doll-sized bag of pretzels, and I've got some music on, and I'm enjoying myself, but my enjoyment is interrupted by a voice, and it's the voice of the captain. And I know this because he says, uh, folks, it's the captain here. And he says, I'd like to suspend drink service. I'd like you to go to your seats and put on your seatbelts because we're about to hit a little chop. Yes. <laughs> See, that word got my attention because I, I know what the word chop means. It means we are about to be shaken like a snow globe in the hands of an angry toddler, right? Chop means I'm about to contemplate my life decisions one more time while wedged between two strangers, Right? Chop means I'm about to make a lot of promises to God and what we'll do if we land safely, none of which I intend to keep, right? <laughs> but the pilot went on. He talked about weather that we were approaching as if we were not already in weather. And he said, we're approaching some weather. And he said that word again. It's about to get a little choppy. And I knew that that word was not good news for me. And the pilot was very matter-of-factly in his way giving us a message. He was saying, hang on, prepare yourselves. Turbulence is coming. Now, if you were raised in the church like I was, that's a familiar concept to you because in the Gospel of John, Jesus is talking to his students and he's trying to encourage them. And he says to them, listen, I'm telling you all these encouraging things because in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome it all. So Jesus was saying to them and to those of us who follow today in the path of mercy and love and compassion and justice, hang on, prepare yourselves turbulence is coming. So I came here all the way from Wake Forest, North Carolina <laughs> to give you a message, friends. Hang on. Prepare yourselves. Turbulence is coming. Actually, I'm a little late, aren't I? <laughs> turbulence took the earlier flight out, didn't it? I bet there is shaking happening in this place today. And when I say the word turbulence, you can name exactly who and what is the source of your shaking today. I bet this whole building feels like it's shaking sometimes. And see, these are very turbulent days in our nation and they're very turbulent days in our hearts today. Most of us, at any given moment, we are going through the shaking of being human. We are experiencing the storms of what it is to be alive in this moment. If you're shaking, be encouraged. That means you are present. As we live alongside people, as we engage the world, we are going to experience turbulence. As we live into our full identities individually and collectively, we are going to face all sorts of opposition. We're going to face conflict, things that bring worry, things that bring anxiety, and yes, things that bring fear. And fear and turbulence, they're a package deal. We usually get them together. The storms come and they create anxiety in us. And when turbulence comes, we find ourselves getting a choice, peace or fear. And fear 
can be really persuasive, can it? Fear knows exactly what buttons in you to push to terrify you. When we have storms in our house, um, two things happen. I have a daughter, and she is now almost 12, but when she was around 8 or 9, when the storms would come, she would be terrified. Wherever she was running in the house, whenever that thunder rolled, whenever the lightning struck, she came running to me, hyperventilating, frantic. She could not stop being afraid. And I had a dog. Her name was Zoe. And whenever a storm came, we knew about 30 minutes early because we'd find Zoe in the tub. She was like a little furry meteorologist, you know? Where's Zoe? She's in the tub. Ah, storm's coming. Two different responses to the storms. My daughter was frantic. Our dog was frozen. One of them was unable to move. The other one was unable to rest. And I wonder what the storms have done in you lately. Do you find yourself frozen, unable to move? Do you find yourself frantic, unable to rest? Because neither of those places is any place that God wants you to stay for very long. There's this story of Jesus in the boat. It reminds us that we all live in the tension between the peace givers and the fear bringers. And we see the fear bringers everywhere, preying upon the vulnerable. We see them leveraging people's prejudices. We see them wielding power. And in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, African-American theologian Howard Thurman says that yes, fear is everywhere, but Fear is not experienced equally. That yes, fear is universal, but not everyone is equally exposed to fear. Not everyone in this room, and not everyone in this city, and not everyone in this nation experiences equal turbulence. Thurman talks about the specific fear experienced by marginalized communities. And he says that helplessness is one of the greatest sources of fear that oppressed and vulnerable people face. Because here's the thing, as I began today and I talked about turbulence and I talked about fear, you began to think about the things that shake you. But this isn't just about you. This is about the specific shaking that you and I get the honor of walking into. We get the honor of walking into a world that is shaking and bring peace to people who have very little peace. Privilege is a natural buffer against turbulence. I remember getting on that flight to Albuquerque, and I texted my host, and I said, getting on the plane. And she texted me what she thought were encouraging words to me, words that you might have said to someone at some point. She said, okay, be safe. I texted her back, I'm just going to be sitting here. You tell that to the pilot and the weather. 
See, the pilot and the weather are outside of my control, and it's easy to think that my peace or my fear rests in the things outside of my control, but that's not true, is it? The story of our spiritual journey is I get to alter my inner weather. I get to not let what I am in dictate what is inside of me. So many of us in this room, we have barriers to some turbulence, right? As a cisgender, heterosexual, Christian man, it doesn't mean I'm never going to experience fear. It means I'll never know the fear of being an LGBTQ person. It doesn't mean I will never experience the shaking of this world. I'll just never have the specific shaking that being a woman in this nation will experience. It doesn't mean that I'll never be at the end of my rope, but I'll never know the desperation that a Muslim American might be facing. And part of our responsibility is to leverage whatever privilege we have to bring peace where there is no peace, and that's your opportunity today. You have been invited in to be people who stop the shaking. The churches that I've been a part of, they've always been really diverse. Just look at our website. We tell you that we're diverse. But in reality, my churches often span the racial diversity from white to beige. And everything in between. And we had decided at one point that that wasn't good enough for us. That we had to go into the communities where people were instead of waiting for them to come to us because that was where the turbulence was. Because this community has a gift. You are surrounded by shaking. What an amazing invitation you have. What a time to be a community that represents the peace giver. Because where does our fear come from? It comes from the feeling that we can't control our circumstances. Fear comes from the feeling that no one is with us. This story is a living parable. It is a living parable about fear. That these students are with Jesus and they experience a literal flood of fear. See, they have been invited by Jesus on this journey. They've already seen what he can do. They know his heart. They know his character. They understand his power. And yet, when the storm comes, they allow what they see to make them forget what they know. I don't want you to forget what you know. I don't want your eyes to deceive you in this moment. The disciples freak out in the chaos and they look for Jesus to bail them out and they find him in the back of the boat napping. Because Jesus knows who he is. He knows who he is and he knows whose he is and he knows how he got here. And I wonder, what God do you believe in? Not that God's name. Not verses about that God, but what God do you believe in? Do you believe in a God that transcends the storm? Do you believe 
in a God who can bring peace in the shaking. Because if, if this God is who we claim this God is, that's precisely who that God is. The pilot of my plane is not freaking out in the turbulence because he has a knowledge that I don't have. He has the threat right-sized. And the challenge that we have today and outside of this building and in this building and in our hearts is to have our threats right-sized. To not be overwhelmed by how they appear. The question isn't whether we will be placed in storms or not. It's how much of the storms we're going to allow to be placed within us. Are we going to be internally turbulent in outwardly turbulent times? I want to give you some symptoms that tell you the storm might be in you. Irritability, impatience, physical illness, emotional eating, addictive behavior, the inability to be present to people who love you, an obsession with social media, a fixation on how bad things are. I'm going to give this to you again. Irritability, impatience, physical illness, emotional eating, addictive behavior, the inability to be present to people who love you, an obsession with social media, a fixation on how bad things are. Do you have any of those today? Because I got them all. <laughs> Later on, we will compare symptoms. Who are you going to listen to? The fear bringers or the peace giver? The fear bringers say, you're outnumbered, you're outmatched, you're unloved, you'll never overcome this. And the peace giver says, you are seen and heard and loved and known and held. So choose who to believe today. The disciples are freaking out and Jesus is sleeping. Not because Jesus doesn't care. See, if God is God, God is not overwhelmed by the things that overwhelm you. If God is God, God is not surprised at what you're experiencing. God is not taken aback by the trouble we face. If God is God, God is not intimidated by your questions or your faith crises. So is God, God. See, the disciples wake up Jesus and they say to him don't you care if we drown that's the question we ask every day so we can say we believe when all is pleasant we can say that we have steadfast faith when it's sunny out but when the storm comes then we have to realize what do I actually believe do I have enough faith to sustain me and Jesus says listen in this trip there's a very limited menu faith or fear which would you like today faith and fear have real trouble inhabiting the same space, don't they? To trust in God is to affirm faith even when evidence makes that decision counterintuitive. We don't just get to choose faith when it's easy. We get to choose faith when it seems like the ridiculous choice. Because the story tells us that there is awe and peace waiting on the other side. Have you come through anything to be here today? Have you overcome something in your life? 
Have you turned around retrospectively and looked at the ways that you have been shaped by struggle and adversity? Have you? Because now we just trust on what we've already experienced. We say, I know this present shaking is going to yield something. This difficult moment, it is the stinking manure out of which the fragrant flowers of your future self are going to grow. That's how faith works. We learn and we grow and we trust. And then one day we look back and realize what we've been through. See, do not fear is the most common command in Scripture, and it's the one we follow the least. It is the golden tether running through the Scriptures that if God is who we say God is, we better have more courage than we normally do. But this is important for me, friends. You're going to get through the turbulence that you're facing but I don't want you to forget the world that you're standing in. Everyone around you, the people you share the grocery store line with, the people you pass in traffic, the people who sit next to you at work, the people in your kitchen, they're all experiencing the storms, they're all experiencing the shaking of being human. They're all fighting to find peace, to push back fear. And you get to show up and help them do that. In these days of great shaking, that means one more thing for you. You may need to become the turbulence to others. To the fear bringers who deny people's humanity. You may have to become the turbulence to those who exclude and discriminate against someone based on unchangeable parts of who they are. You may need to become the turbulence to those, even in your own faith tradition, even in your own community, who oppose the compassionate heart of Jesus with our hands and our voices and our resources and our platforms we have to risk becoming the turbulence to the powerful and to the privileged because that is how peace permeates we need to be the kind of people who bring peace to those who are shaken I told you about my daughter and my dog and the reaction to the storm and the dog I cannot help. I've tried everything. But one day when my daughter came to me running and her heart rate couldn't slow down and she was all internally turbulent, I said, let's go out on the porch. And I sat down on the porch and I put her in my lap and I explained to her how the storms worked. I had to Google it, but I did it. And I explained to her how the storms worked. And something happened. She began to slow down. Her breathing grew normal. And I could feel her heart rate slow down. And all of a sudden, she sunk her weight into my lap. And we just started to enjoy that time. And now, she's almost 12. And last night, a storm came. And you guess where she showed up? In my room. And she said, let's go sit out on the porch in the storm. And that's what we do now. Because I did two things for her. I right-sized the storm for her, and I let her know that I would be present with her in it. Friends, this is the nature 
of the divine. It's the nature of the love that holds us all. It's the nature of God. If that God is anything worthy of following or worshiping or loving, it's that that God can right-size the storm and that God will be present with us in it. This building may feel like the boat. Your home may feel like the boat. Your head may feel like the boat. The invitation is the same. May you have your fears right-sized. In this world, may you be a peace giver and not a fear bringer. May you be willing to engage the turbulence of others that will bring you some shaking. May you be willing to become the turbulence to others who need it. May you find rest in these storms. May you not allow the turbulence around you to create a storm within you. And may you see all that presently shakes you in the eyes of a God who knows you and loves you, sees that as just a little bit of chop. Will you pray with me? Hear the words of Jesus. Peace, be still. To the questions that you have about the future, peace, be still. To the relationships in your life that are fractured, hear the words, peace, be still. To the worry about the nation outside your window, hear the words, peace, be still. To all the questions that you can't answer and all that it does in your head, hear the words of Jesus, peace, be still. To whatever the shaking is, hear those words today. Friends, peace, be still.